Justy. Hi, Calvin. <laughs> What's up? Oh, you know, I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I'm doing well. The weather is really nice here in Kansas City. And um, and after the, the, the Arctic tundra that we all just endured as a country, it feels very rewarding to be in sunshine. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, spring is coming. There's but, like hope in the air. <laughs> well, slightly. I don't know. It like ebb and flows between a very like small margin of like of hope to hopelessness. It's like right teetering in the middle at every yes, moment. Yes, that is true. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, I looked at the forecast this morning. I woke up early and um, and I looked in the future and it's like going to be in the 70s all week and then it's going to snow on the weekend. And I'm like, uh, see, there's the hopelessness. Yeah. teetering back in teetering back in oh that's terrible i hate that it's gonna <laughs> snow no well it's like low of 28 which like if you're dealing with a tundra is still kind of balmy out so maybe it'll be like a nice spring snow not like a crazy horrible winter snow oh yes a nice spring snow balmy. <laughs> i'm not sure that that's a thing yes, i feel it like is. you're inventing things <laughs> balmy spring snow i mean 28 degrees it's like not so bad you know no it isn't so bad that's true (laughs) also though not to be like negative but when it's sort of like a warmer snow then it's like slushy and everything melts once it hits the ground so because you know when it's super cold it's Mm -hmm. at least like dusty under your feet and kind of nice in that way yeah um so yeah sorry it's just like it's like (laughs) it's like a slow rain like hit it the is as flakes and then like it's a non-committal <laughs> rain it's like just be rain honey we know you want to <laughs> yeah. it's okay it can take its time yeah i guess i don't know i just feel hopeful there's like the cdc announced that fully vaccinated people can now gather indoors without masks that's mm-hmm. like You know what is so crazy to me is that it was truly almost exactly a year ago that the CDC was saying that people could not gather indoors without masks. Almost like to the week or the day. Well, like, yeah, because it will. So tomorrow marks the one year anniversary of my last show in public with an audience like that could touch each other. And and people were talking about the virus. but they but like the government hadn't said anything yet. And actually, it was the Mm -hmm. next day that. I think Arkansas, because that's where I played my show, um, with Handmade Moments. Shout out to Handmade Moments, um, yes. my first show in in Little Rock, um, and it was it was as beautiful and debaucherous as 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 it could be. It was a great way to close out. It was a send off. It was a total send off. Little I think we, did you know. Well, we I think there was a little bit of like I mean no yeah, exactly like there was only like the the hair of an inkling of a, of a, of like the the thought. That mm-hmm. that's that some things could change possibly, yeah, right. Not that for like two whole, weeks also, right. <laughs> only two weeks. Not oh. that the whole world would be changed forever. Yeah, and fully shut down for one year. And fully shut down. Yeah. Um. No. No concept of that whatsoever. You are absolutely right. Be, the the um, Airbnb that we stayed at that night was on like the same property essentially as the venue. So I just remember it being like, 
just like just like relaxed for me and like I didn't have to like I don't know I don't think I got you know crazy shit faced or anything but I like had a few drinks and I was like cool you know and and um and it was a really I mean I remember it being very sweaty and very like fun and I was being kind of raunchy on stage and it was super great I don't remember what my last show was before lockdown. I would, I could look it up probably in my camera roll and find out because I'm sure yeah. I posted something about it. But um, it was oh, a year ago I really want to know. That's what I wanted to tell you. Though. It was a year ago tomorrow. So then that was the last one. Then the next day, Arkansas shut down, and then that Friday or the next Friday, um, the the whole country was they closed the borders. I guess is the, I think it was March nineteenth or something like that. Yeah, I remember the fifteenth for me was when like I I just remember the fifteenth of March being like a serious date and mm-hmm. being like okay this is happening and I think maybe, maybe, maybe that's when maybe the comedy the clubs okay yeah what, I'm actually whatever, looking right like, now because okay. I really want to know wait yeah. what was it it was twenty twenty <laughs> yeah that year. <laughs> 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 That crazy year. Oh my god. Yeah, truly what a year. Um let me see, let me see, let me see. I don't know. I can't I I can't see. But okay. well maybe I mean we, we, we all lived it. If we're still here, we, we, we did it. We we did that and yes, that announcement this morning was very hopeful. Well it was yesterday, sweetheart. Oh, was it? Okay, sorry. <laughs> a day behind. <laughs> a one, just a one-day lag on all the news. <laughs> oh, yeah. busy playing in my studio yesterday, which was great fun. I posted a little clip on my Instagram, um, a little animation that I did over the weekend and a song I wrote in a couple oh, of Oh, I like, saw that. It was amazing. Things. I just, you know, just trying to, like, get those juices flowing. Right. And, and I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to start singing new songs and I'm ready to start playing new music and I'm ready to start I don't know. I think I mean even in the context of this podcast being able to tell my story in a way that was like again I'm seeing people receive my story and my truth and not reject me like I assumed that people would if I spoke out about the things that we've been speaking out about. And I and I can't help but like look forward to being able to to write songs. I mean, I remember the first time, um, the first time that I sang the pronoun he in the in a romantic song mm. on stage, and it feels like that. But this time about like social justice and like political things, it's like I was so so often and so much had a wall where I was editing myself based on what I what I thought could be the most like palatable to the most people right and and not allowing you know trying not to say anything that was at, at all divisive and and I still think that uh, like storytelling is the most powerful and effective way to to share stories and to share uh, information or like vantage points because offering your own perspective is something that but people can't disagree with you know this right. happened to me right so mm-hmm. so i think there's still ways to do that that's like you know using arts um and 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 theater and and you know comedy like this is these are all ways of storytelling but um but yeah i i just feel a new level of freedom even in the, in the last gosh has it been six months that we've been doing this 
Um, well, it's been 14 weeks. Is that what you mean? The podcast? Yeah. So it's. What's that? Three, four, three and three, something three and months. And a half. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Everything feels so slow. And Time long. is not real. <laughs> actually. <laughs> so three months. Um, but even in the past three months, I feel like an incredible shift in my own life and my own like participation in the in the global conversation. Whereas before, I would have been like, "Yeah, I'm not talking about that." But now you come on and you talk about your truth. Yeah. Every week. Every week, it's yeah. Is this what therapy's like? Oh yeah, it is. Only like it's all in secret. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there's you're never like leaving. Well, no, you still are. I was gonna say you're never leaving therapy thinking, oh, should I have said that? Yeah, um, which I often am on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I will leave therapy thinking that actually. I'll be like, oh, we could have kept that inside. Nope. Um, I don't know. This is not unlike therapy. I will say, yeah. I think. Um, because most of my life has existed on stage and in front of audiences and that I've explored self in the context of audience that Mm -hmm. this may, this may be like the most natural, um, the most natural, uh, way for me to have found that moment in my life. Like, like, I've I've said that I'm a bit of an emotional exhibitionist, um, but I think the stage and, and with audiences, it just feels more, like, safe to me. I don't know. Yo, there's a reason they call it the fourth wall. Mm. Even if you break it, it's mm-hmm. still there. Because yeah. you can put it back up the moment you want to. <laughs> yeah. By just like, no, I'm not actually looking at you guys now. So yeah. the yeah. fourth wall is back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're like, you can kind of hide behind that fourth wall. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And that's just been like my safe place and and also not having that either now, you know, for like the last again year. Um not having like that cocoon to run into every week or uh, with shows, you know, mm-hmm. or like that 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 like pre-composed situation that I have all the the the, the controllers of like even with live streaming, like in this last year, they're doing live stream concerts. I'm not in charge of the guest list. I don't know who's going to be in the room. I don't know who's showing up. And like that has been something that's been like a really like big, like anxiety, like point of anxiety for me because when I did concerts in like in Kansas City in particular, um, I was hosting the whole evening, so I was in charge of who I was inviting and. And who and I knew who was on the guest list. And I knew who would be arriving, and I knew, and I and I could like feel comfort in the familiarity of those names, and mm. and like and and having that um, expectation in my heart, and also including like some inside jokes or like or like like little visual puns for particular people who I know have seen other shows or you know who I have a rapport with and like doing things that would what I know would make them joyful in this moment and so mm. not having any of that like fodder to work with um in the virtual world has been really difficult for me to like adjust to and um stretching and growing all of that all yeah. of that and so I'm looking forward to seeing, um, you know, like I said, I was just cre- creating some new stuff in the studio and I'm looking forward to seeing 
what my art looks like henceforth and um with i feel like a, i feel like a brand new man <laughs> mm. yeah i will say the creating so much in the virtual for me like even on like tiktok and on twitter and with this podcast has like it's like almost freed me up it's like made me like well i know that's what you're saying but i'm saying it's freed me up in the sense of like um i used to do material and before i would do it on stage i would test it like at mics or in small groups like over and over and over before i would do it at a show in front of a full audience and now i just like record something and put it out there to uh, the audience of the world. <laughs> so it's like, it's totally reframing the way that I think about um, putting my stuff out there. And I yeah. think that I'm like sort of learning to just like make it and let it go and see what happens. Yeah. Um, which is That's what we do on this podcast. We don't test this podcast on a sample audience before we release it. <laughs> no. And in fact, I must confess that I haven't listened to a single one since... since Calvin, <laughs> how could you confess that? <laughs> because no. I'm living in it and I, and, 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 and I want to stay in the moment and I don't want to listen to it and then think like, okay, should I have said that? Because I just like, I want to be the most authentic self and I feel like I would lose a bit of that if I like studied our podcast and studied the words, you know? That's fair. Um because yeah, like this, this, this here is an experiment to me about how how vulnerable can I be and is it safe? And mm -hmm. and so far the answer is yes. And be vulnerable and it is safe. And mm -hmm. shout out to the listeners for for creating that space with us and and for giving your feedback and for expressing your gratitude and for um, manifesting this with us. Because honestly, it wouldn't. You know, this could have this could have tanked really fast if you weren't here with us, and yeah, and um, and maybe we would have given up on week two or something. But um, but honestly, the thing is that it's fun. Yeah. It's fun to talk about this stuff and to get real about it and to have conversations with guests and friends and with each other. It's just like. I look forward to it every week and I'm like, because I know that we're talking about stuff that matters and we get to like also laugh about some of the hard stuff and yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like, it just feels, it feels cool. So yeah. 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 Well, what are we talking about today, Cal? One, two, three, four. We were Christian kids. We were Christian kids. We were Christian kids. No, I mean like really, 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 really Christian. <laughs> well, a few weeks back, um, I don't, I don't know if I've talked much about this here, but I was working on on finishing my book of poetry which um, I will disclose the name at a later date. Yes. Um, uh, but, um, and, 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 and I was writing this book of poetry as we were beginning this podcast and, and as we were getting a lot of responses um, from people and, and having these open dialogues and conversations and, and people from, from church days reaching out to me saying, thank you for this. Or like, Hey, you know, I uh, noticed your thing, listen to it really grateful, even though I still go to church or whatever. 
and it really just inspired me to to write this book of poetry from the, from uh, about the story of me growing up as a soft boy like in Kansas and um from parents of southern heritage and um and then kind of finding myself and or and then losing myself and finding myself again and losing myself again and and how this story is is um is is more universal than i realized and and i hope that that the t that story that i told in the book um continues to find a safe place and and, and offer permission uh, to other people to to say that life is messy and um but it's also beautiful too and um and a bit about you know living oh, you are ready for your book tour cal <laughs> <laughs> anyway so you're gonna so, have to listen back to that just so you can repeat it <laughs> <laughs> maybe i just might anyways so <laughs> i was doing research and, and writing stories and writing essays about about um about growing up in like my church history right and um and one thing i came across was i was thinking about the first time i got saved or the first time that I responded to an altar call, and and I and I tried to remember as many details as I could, but I remember that I was at at a production of a play, and and I was it was in the time that we were living in Virginia, which was two years between 1998 and in the year 2000. I always say that that after we survived Y2K, that we moved to to Kansas, and. Um, <laughs> So I would have been between the years. I was born Y2K in Y2K was horrifying, by the way. There's no better time to get saved than before Y2K, honey. Right. Because okay? it's going to matter. Seriously. Yeah, he's coming. In the world, I bet the churches world were ending. thriving in 1999. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So 1998, I was, um, between 98 and 99, I was, I was born in 90. So, so I was 8, 9, 10 years old. So I think I was about 9. And my mom, so I remember it was me and my mom, and then I talked to my mom about it because I couldn't quite get all the details, and I wanted to make sure that I wasn't like, you know, uh, a book is kind of forever, so I wanted to make sure that that I, that I was not saying things that weren't untrue. And so I just mm -hmm. asked her, like, hey, do you remember that play? Very vaguely, you know, can you, can you tell me, like, was it just us, or who was there, or like, like what do you remember about that day and um and i got from her that that she had brought my two cousins who were um like one was younger one was a year younger than me one was a year older than me so there was the three of us had go on, gone with just my mom to this play and, and I, as as i had like brought up these memories about the play so the play is called heaven's gates and hell's flames very casual right <laughs> It has been in production, I think, for uh, for at least the last forty years. Oh, that's better than Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> it is like a it is a play that you can pay a fee of I think around four thousand dollars. You can get the license for the play, and then they will bring you costumes, set pieces, and somebody to help direct the the play. If you gather f uh, fifty people volunteers from the church and and then they'll put it on over the course of a weekend but they're making so, money off of this right they're making tons of money off of it's this. a it's a fucking franchise business. yes yeah. yeah it has been seen oh gosh 
in over 25 countries and people are still putting it on today. I posted on my personal Facebook about it, just asking just very casually, very vaguely, does anybody remember this play? And people responded and was like, yes, and it was traumatizing. So I, I, I texted my cousin and we don't talk that much, but I was just like, hey, like, do you remember this play? And she was like, yeah, I had nightmares about it for years. So I was like, oh my gosh. So, so the gist is there's like 10 scenarios, either individuals or families who, who, um, who, who have like their last moments on stage. Some of, some of them are, die of car accidents, some of them die of suicide, some of them die of just regular accidents. Um, one guy, the, the, the wall falls on, like a construction wall falls on the guys who are, who are there. I hate it when that happens. <laughs> I hate when a whole wall falls on me. <laughs> some die of old age. And so, and so every single, and so one of them, die, or like two teenagers die of a drug overdose from the, some shady guy that they found on the street that gave them drugs and like, and then a lot of the people who, who die um, that are like with another person, one of them goes to heaven and one of them goes to hell. And so you see Jesus like come out of this like gold mylar and lemay like sequins bearded, yes, queen. beautiful, beautiful Jesus. Actually, hold on, hold on, let's go back. The, the fucking play starts out like this. The room is dark. And then Jesus carrying a cross comes from the back of the room down the middle aisle. And I remember sitting on the end of the aisle. I was in the aisle seat. Did you throw a stone? <laughs> no. <laughs> and then he gets up to the stage and people who are dressed in like regular 90s clothing like assault him. And then he's hung mm. on the cross. And then a man coming out in like a Mexican mask. Like he looks like a Mexican wrestler. A like luchador. This. A luchador. Yes. He looks yeah. like his, like it's very similar to this. So it's like white with like deep black, like contour, I don't know, shapes and stuff like that. I found an actual uh, recording of this on YouTube. So I've rewatched it since I went, you know, to go see it the first time. And he comes out and he like whips Jesus and then he like takes him over to this like rock behind a cave with lights and smoke and fog. Was Jesus shirtless? No, he was not. That, well, come on, give us something. <laughs> Can you give us one thing? Because, <laughs> okay, that is just, that is the real sin. Okay. <laughs> and then he, he like beats up Satan with a keychain and keys and then like goes up to the stairs that are on the stage to heaven and they sing the hallelujah chorus. Like there's like 50 angels on stage. Like, hallelujah. They yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Just checking that that's what that is. It is that. And so <laughs> then there's like a room up at the top of the stairs that Jesus hides out for the whole thing. And then whenever one of the persons dies, they go up and meet him and he like takes them to that room. And then to that room. Which wherever. Is well, yeah, but like the angels are in heaven too. So it's like, well, the, the, I guess the staging is that they, they, they end up in at heaven's gates, right? Okay. Okay. Um, and so yes, they go they go up into heaven. But but like I remember so they like one of the persons talks about like they're on a plane and one person's like, Oh, you should try out Jesus and he's like, No, I've got meditation. And so like they like pit people. Honestly great you. for him. <laughs> <laughs> they they pit they pit 
like Jesus and Christianity against like like college, against yoga, meditation, anything the left likes, right? Yes, the environment, (laughs) right? If you like a tree, you're going to hell. Against like like you know being proud of your work, like you know having a business, making money, like um. There is like no moderation, and then so they like scare the little like shit out of you, but Jesus, but Jesus, and so they scare the shit out of you. And I was nine, I was nine years old, and they show you people's like last moment over and over and over again. Ten times this happens. That's and and too many times from a narrative perspective, and also they there's like chill like parents are separated from their kids too and so like you know the mom's like oh you know i'll go to church with you next week and then they die in a car accident right so 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 the the mother is screaming as jesus comes and gets her yes this is happening so 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 then at the end there's like sappy piano music and the pastor comes out and says um if you don't want to spend eternity in hell or be separated from your family, then raise your hand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically, I would have to raise my hand. Exactly. Like, how can I not? How technically, can I, not? I don't want to spend eternity in hell. <laughs> right. I think I still don't want to spend eternity in hell. I just right. don't think I will. But like, no, exactly. But, but the just way if that I'm going to answer the question the honestly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so I was like, well, this is, seems like the most logical thing to do. And and also it's also under the guise of oh and this is the kicker right so they say with everyone's eyes closed and everyone's head bowed if if you are feeling a calling <laughs> if you're feeling called to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior right now and you want to spend eternity in heaven rather than in hell and be with your family rather than separated from your family and eat then- ice cream rather than spinach. <laughs> <laughs> then then raise your hand with everyone's heads bowed and everyone's eyes closed. And so so I thought that my anonymity was protected. Right. Then they said, okay, now everyone, um, please, you can open your eyes. Um, and if if you said that prayer, I want you to, to, to take a, a step of courage and come up to the front of the room to receive prayer. And altar call. Yep. <laughs> and I remember it like I was nine. No one had seen me. If anybody knew that I had raised my hand, it would have been maybe my mom because she was literally sitting right next to me and she maybe felt the seat move. Right. But I, but I was very, very timid and soft, a soft hand raise, you know, yes. like <laughs> very quiet. Like, like when the teacher asks if you know the answer and you really don't, but you want to make her think you do and have her call on somebody else who's more eager, like mm. a little soft mm-hmm. hand raise, right? Sure, sure, sure. So, so then a woman comes up to me, much to my chagrin, breaks the your anonymity. Wall. <laughs> yeah she breaks the fourth wall she did that too <laughs> yeah and she said did you raise your hand and i and i'm like i'm just like shook i'm i'm, I'm, I'm like I'm, I, I'm taken aback and then i look over to my mom and she, and she looks at me and she said go 
And I'm like, I was hoping that she would save me and be like, you don't have to do anything, you know? Yeah, right. But she did not do that. So she, so, so I look back at this woman and she seems nice enough. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I guess I did. (laughs) And she's like, well, come on. And I'm like, look back at mom, go. Okay. All right. So then that was the first time. Terrifying. I can feel the terror. Oh, so much terror. Oh, so much terror. You're so a child. I'm thinking that like my that my mom maybe had gotten it like this is the narrative that I had in my head that my mom had gotten an invitation. Also, I'm not trying to throw my mom under the bus. I think that anybody who really believes in this stuff should try to get everyone saved. <laughs> like if you do believe in this narrative as it is, that that all of this I mean, seems it's logical. logical. It's, it seems logical. But please don't believe in it. unfortunately it's just not the truth right um but but i i want to just throw out there that like like i understand how people get sucked into this shit like because it happened to me it happened to a lot of beautiful and intelligent people around me for a long time and for centuries before us and it probably will continue to happen, but by God, I hope it doesn't. <laughs> right. But but I'm not trying to like have a you know I'm not trying to to say that I'm uh, whatever. I love my mother. And <laughs> I asked her recently as I re- rewatched this traumatizing traumatizing video in my office by myself, and I was like reliving those nine year old feelings. I stepped back into that nine-year-old body, and I and I and I and I was reimagined because I was writing about this, right? So I was trying to feel all the senses and go back into that moment, and and I and I think that I had just assumed that um, that uh, my mother had been invited by a friend that she didn't know mm-hmm. that it was traumatizing, right? And when I asked her about it recently, she said, "I said, how did you hear about it?" Again, she doesn't she know that I'm writing the about play. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> she didn't know that I was. She didn't know that I was writing about this. Um, I was just asking vaguely for research. Who, how did you hear about the play? And she told me that she had been to see it in Florida a couple years prior, oh, no. and heard that it was coming to our local area, and that, and that she thought it was a good play for me to see. Hmm. And that was that was a little loaded for me. Well, Calvin, you do have to understand that she saw it as a grown ass adult, <laughs> a grown ass person who knew that it was a play, and you know, probably for her there was a large aspect of entertainment, almost like a night at the theater. Yeah, I, which I'm we guessing. never used to go out either like this. Like it was like it was one of the rare things. So I was really looking forward to it because it was like right. We're going out, like, and we're doing something fun, and like, I'm not here with my brothers. I'm here with my cool cousins who are like around my age, and because right. there's a quite a discrepancy of age with with my both of my brothers, and so, like, it was just like a cool thing that we got to go do. You know, I thought it was like a special yeah. treat, and then like, but she also might have thought that. Right. Right. She really Fair might enough. have. Fair enough. Yeah. I but I don't know. I'm not her. Right. But okay. So then, like, in this recent conversation, I was like as I was asking her questions and she was like, well, it wasn't traumatizing, was it? And I was like, actually, <laughs> actually kind of was. And, um, 
and she was like, well, that's not your only exposure to Christianity. I was like, yeah, no, it wasn't, but it doesn't, it doesn't like it, that that's besides the point, like mm-hmm. that play and that experience was incredibly traumatizing. And even as, I don't know, even as an adult, even as a grown ass man now, like, mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> and I say that kind of tongue in cheek, um, but cause I'm still learning and I still feel young anyway. Um, <laughs> I just I watched it as this thing that I would never subject a child to, like personally. Okay, um, that's fair. You're, I mean, that is a good point. Yeah, I can't imagine subjecting a child to that. Like yeah. that's literally watching people die over and over again, and then them shrieking, bloody murder, Satan. I just think that once people are in the church for long enough, they become desensitized to that kind of messaging, and it mm-hmm. and it like isn't as like intense or scary because they're literally exposed to it regularly Mm. you know what i'm saying i don't know i don't know why i feel like i'm not like defending your mom taking you to that i i think for me it's the fact that it's a play that it gets like obscured because it feels like entertainment well, and kind of like, like the, the left sh- behind movies are super yeah. fucked up yeah. <laughs> and super scary. Yeah. But like I was shown those as a child and I don't think I was shown those. Was to it traumatic? Be scared. Uh, mm. Yeah, I think it was traumatic that like, cause I would have times where I would come down the stairs and think that my family was raptured, you know, <sighs> scare tactics. Um, it is definitely scare tactics. What was what was the first time? When was your first like altar call? And was there fear involved? That's what I want to know. Um. Well, I have one more thing to say about the play. Okay. And it's okay. that I think that we should mount an all drag version of that play. <laughs> I would love to do that. <laughs> and camp it up, baby. That would be fucking funny. That really would kind of be amazing. It would be amazing. All drag and camp and maybe even keep it with the original script. Yes, absolutely <laughs> the original script. Oh, and, and like one of my like little funny ideas, I don't know. It was like yeah, like just like what you're saying, but like have it have it be with the actual production. Like yeah, like invite them to come and it's just like all these king queens. drag yeah. a fabulous drag. <laughs> Jesus is an amazing drag queen. Yeah. Satan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We could if, heal some people. With that. I I would be healed truly. Yeah, yeah. If I could just touch you the really hem of his robe, be. I would be totally healed. You would probably have to be in it. Um, I could in, be an angel. In drag. Yeah, you could sing the hall- or lead the hallelujah chorus. And he um, shall reign for. I don't know. I'm stuck on this, Calvin. There, so here we've got entertainment, mm-hmm. which uses scare tactics to get people to. The website, the website for the play talks about like why you should do this, and it's like growth, church growth is a is a ah, is a statistic that they have on like they said like I don't know you can grow your church by forty percent or something like that like in a weekend because you've got all these people who are like fucking afraid to not be there after they've said yes to this thing, you know? I think this is a distinction that is coming up in my mind. I think it was written and it's produced from a standpoint of we know this could scare people into salvation. I think the people that go to see it don't necessarily know that what's happening is scare tactics on them and their children. Mm. I think they are falling under the guise of this is a play. This is a movie. What about the people who buy it? 
you know, like who France Yeah, the people that buy it, I think, know what they're doing. This is, I I just think. Um, But I don't know, man. So, you know, heaven and hell in general is a scare tactic. A hundred percent. It is. And so in in some ways, every single altar call is a scare tactic. (laughs) It's like, come down here and pray with us or you will um, potentially go to hell forever. So I'm trying to think of what my first altar call was. And, um, but some people are uh, like, some altar calls are done from a guise of like, if you've been struggling, come down and pray. Yes, that is true. There are the healing ones. Yeah. Those are mostly the ones that I did actually, which is why I'm like struggling to think of a salvation one that I did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because I did the salvation prayer, like with my parents, like with my mom, all of yeah. us kids did in my family. Wow. We would like, we'd be like, "Mom, I'm ready to accept Jesus in my heart." This is literally how this was translated to me, and and the parents would say, "Okay, let's pray." And I think they might have even recorded it, like each of ours on a tape oh cassette, whatever you, you call those yours. fucking things. I need you to get yours. <laughs> I don't know. It's a little rocky with my folks, man. Get, get, they're they're gonna get, know get that I'm gonna sisters, get your sister. Lambast it. it. <laughs> Yeah, I send my sister in on a recon mission. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I deserve to have that. It's you definitely my salvation do. prayer. <laughs> um, wow, but that wasn't a fear-based thing. It was just you. You just went to them. No, that yeah, that was just pure indoctrination. And I don't. And it definitely wasn't fear-based. My parents didn't really at that age like talk about hell. I don't think it was more of like. Jesus will come into your heart so that you can live with him forever and with your family. And so it was just like, yes, I do want that. And we're talking like, I'm bad at ages, but ages three to seven is when this was happening. Wow. Um, very young. Yeah. But um, so then when altar calls would happen growing up, I would be like, well, I already did that. I'm already saved. I don't need to do an altar call. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, I would still witness, you know, the the clapping for people who decided to go down and, and, and thinking even in my mind, oh, these people are going to heaven now. Oh, my gosh. Look, look at. Hey, look, that's a person that was going to go to hell one second ago. Right. And now and, they're not. And, and a lot, I mean, like a lot of times it was our friends. Yeah. I mean, well, think, later on in life. Right. Yeah. And like thinking about like people who oh gosh i'm getting like my my skin is crawling but like i just remember us or oh, sorry i'll speak for myself i remember <laughs> myself like inviting people to church and like picturing them responding to the altar call like totally really wanting that mm. and like sometimes that happened and i was like i remember just being high from the feeling totally. of like like one of the people that like we went to school with coming to church on like <laughs> because we bugged the hell out of them to do so mm-hmm. and then and then them responding to an altar call and being like relieved that they weren't going to die and go to hell exactly and ex- and also like ecstatic there was part of it of like oh they're in the club now they're yeah. in the holy spirit club you yeah. get to be in it now yeah and because it was like kind of elite feeling. Yeah. I mean, it was like we're the saved ones. What right. do you want me to do about it? Like 
It is, um, yeah, if you don't like it, talk to Jesus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're Wait, the same can't. ones. Ha, 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 ha. We have the Holy Spirit. We kind of have magic powers, actually. Right. Yeah, if you're sick, and we now can you heal do you. too. Right. Yeah. I have. I you prompted a distinct memory in my mind of someone in particular, and their name is. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting ready for the juicy their, bit. <laughs> their first and last name and address. <laughs> Socials. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go follow them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh Lord. Yeah. Wait, but do you want to give me a hint? No. Okay. Later. Okay. I'll tell you later. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be subtle right now. Sure, sure, sure. But um, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, that happened several times. And and a f- couple people who are not alive anymore that I remember, you know, like, that happening to and for. And gosh, like, things things certainly change when you, when, when you're, when you're, when you adjust from thinking about eternity all the time. Mm-hmm to really just enjoying this life like to the fullest and 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 in not a reckless way but really like taking the time to diligently enjoy each moment like or like to enjoy as many as many moments as possible (laughs) you know like i don't know this world is so beautiful and there's there's so many beautiful people on the planet and there's so many things to like discuss and to be curious about and and to learn and to like challenge and to um to change and shift like our involvement in the planet our involvement in this time is like such a special and unique thing and and we and we only get to exist with these set of humans in this Mm -hmm. time together like this will never happen. So why again. are we obsessing about what's going to happen after we die? Well, because people don't want to die. And well, that the, is the problem. And people are told that they're going to go to hell in a fiery pit for eternity, man. With like, gnashing of teeth. Oh, not the, the teeth. gnashing of teeth. <laughs> which some people are into that. But <laughs> I like a little nibble on my neck now and then. Oh, actually. oh my gosh. Um, wow. <laughs> or my that ear. Was, that was a lot. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Um, <laughs> no, it's not a lot. It's fine. I was like, that was a lot. Have you read my Twitter, bitch? <laughs> I said a nibble on my neck. Yeah, Gnash I'm... your teeth. Gnash me, daddy. <laughs> How many times am I going to say a daddy joke in this podcast? I don't know, but it's 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 all good. Keep them coming. It's all good. Keep well, here's what coming. I'm thinking about. <laughs> Calvin, what do you think you was mean? like? I like your perspective of like, can we focus on the present moment? Life is beautiful. Enjoy mm-hmm. this life. Enjoy these humans. Let's be here now. Yeah. Um, what I'm thinking about is how that process of me, it's almost like we came at it from different angles. You came at it from that angle. And I came at unlearning this like purely from my mind. I was like unwiring it like in therapy. And my therapist would say, do you think you're going to go to hell? And I would be like, maybe. And then it just took like two years of being asked that for me to finally be like, no, I don't (laughs) think that there's a hell. But like I had to unthink it. And I had to be like, does it seem logical that there are these mystical places that you that you are sent to? is there a gate where you're judged for and all of a sudden it just here's what it happened to me it just started to sound like a myth yeah 
just like a myth. Like, and not even in a necessarily a bad way. There are just hundreds of thousands of myths throughout human history. Mm-hmm. And it just started to look like every other one of them. Mm-hmm. 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 And I let it's it like, go. Like the fog is lifted. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, that's just something that they paint on pots. Like, <laughs> yeah. But when you're in the fog. Yeah. You can't think of anything else. And you know, they tell you in the fog, because they're quoting scripture, that that the wisdom of God is folly to men. And so, like, if you ever get out of it, or like, like they say, like, when you're in the church, every, the words of God are the sweetest honey, and like, and, mm-hmm. and, and like, when you fall away, it's all not going to make sense anymore. And it's like, wow, like, like there is this, like, self regenerating process inside of the language and the text and the way that it's used that keeps people in and it's it's entrapping it's totally entrapping and you know what that's not what freedom looks like to me not at all not at all no so yeah sorry jesus what they did to your words because right I was actually just thinking there could be a version of Christianity, I think, that, and I'm sure there is. <laughs> Listen to me. We're looking for I'm it, coming up with it. <laughs> I'm going to come up with it right now. Please no one do. else has ever thought about this. <laughs> um, but, like, a version of Christianity that doesn't believe in heaven and hell mm-hmm. and isn't so focused on sin. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe what Jesus is saving us from is, like, not loving others and not loving ourselves and... Um, being self-centered and selfish and that kind of bondage, which is bondage. Refusing to see like the interconnectivity of of all people in our life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I want that too. Ho hum. Ho hum. (laughs) So did you ever do, I did altar calls. Here's, here's the tea for me. The altar calls that I would do would be like. You conducted them? Oh no. No, no, no. Oh, okay, okay, okay. No. I was like, that would have been kind of fun, though. Um, <laughs> come up to the stage. Right. Now, there was one that I remember in specific um, was that I've talked about this before. I think the hottest pastor on earth, mm. just for the record, mm-hmm. came and did a guest, like, one week youth revival at a church. Mm-hmm. He had a cologne that filled up the whole room, like oh the Holy God. Spirit. <laughs> and. I was transfixed. So you know I was doing his altar call. And um, he said, come here basically if you need healing from something. And Mm. guess what I needed healing from? Obviously, homosexuality. Oh, okay. So I was doing altar calls to try to pray the gay away. Yeah. Um, And hoping that if I went to the front, and they prayed over me because this is what they were promising. Right. Or if you have a sin that you're struggling with, they would yeah. say, if you have something that you can't, that you're struggling to give to God, come up front and we'll release you from it. That right. kind of language. So I would come up and um, hope to be healed from that. And I don't know why I thought the hot pastor laying his hand on my shoulder was going to make me less gay. But Maybe you just thought he had magical powers. Well, I definitely did. He also did a praying in tongues altar call, and I prayed in tongues for the first time. He had a way with you. <laughs> I should look him up now. <laughs> I mean, 
don't. Or do <laughs> whatever. Do what you want. You never know. About what? You never. He could have come out as gay, and maybe we could have a fling. <laughs> Justin, no. That could undo some of my wounds, Calvin. <laughs> Sexual healing. <laughs> yeah, what Marvin Gaye was talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would say, lay hands on me. <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> My goodness. Um, yeah, so undoing like this altar call culture. I mean, this happened, this happened multiple times a week for almost... Let's think for 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 a little over a decade of my life, I experienced being a part of. Did you do? Did you do other altar calls? I go up. I definitely went up for some of them, but I, but I think. So I was talking to to somebody else about this. Um, I was a guest on the Backsliders podcast, um, and and we were talking about just feeling safe in the church. Most of my life for altar calls, I was on stage. Playing. right right so it was like my get out of get out of jail free pass where even if i was feeling like you know what we used to say as conviction or being convicted of sin oh my goodness and like yeah that word right and so feeling convicted or feeling them the moving of the holy spirit i was busy playing guitar or piano on the stage and i didn't have to go anywhere i couldn't i was i was doing my job you know right so like and I was a part of, I mean, even though I was feeling the real, like, real emotional responses to these things, I was a part of facilitating that moment and making it that much more deep and epic. And, and like, and that you, like, those musical, musical skills and the use, the use of intuition to be playing, you know, these certain chords at this time and improvising um, or in trying to facilitate that, like, deep, like, you're encountering the edge of eternity feeling like has definitely translated into my stage performances now because that's mm-hmm. what I that's what I knew how to do and that's what I did well for 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 almost a decade or a little over a decade I started playing guitar when I was um when I was like 13 and I was immediately like playing playing for for stuff like that uh, for bible studies and stuff like that so I was like playing worship music in front of people at 13 and then I guess I left the church at 27, like, like, like officially when I came out to my parents, I was still kind of guesting as a piano player for a church as a job, um, up until I was 27. And Mm -hmm. some of the people who, uh, I don't know, my, my worlds were like kind of on a spectrum where like, it took me a while to like close the door of the church and completely open the door of myself and feel like I was safe, um, to do so and specifically speaking financially i did i I had for years um you know all of my money was coming from from this promise of christianity and so it was hard um so yeah i came out in 2017 to my parents and um and i was conducting music for altar calls probably until then (laughs) you got to get those people saved baby (laughs) And, uh, I do want to say there's there's yeah. like something about the altar call that I don't think we've talked about specifically, 
and I feel like it would be incomplete if we didn't. Mm. And I think it's the fact that you take in in that moment what you're doing is you're taking something intensely personal and private and you are making it public. Boom. Without any chance to think about it, mold it over, come up with a decision. It's did you just do this? Boom. Everyone knows. So it's like herd mentality or something like that. Yeah. I don't even know if that's a word. Yeah. But um, it's thrusting you into that um, group think. Yeah. Which in- reinforces the decision and almost can trap you socially. Yeah. I, I went to a church that that they would have everyone pray the prayer out loud. Even if even if you've already said it before, even if you're already saved just do this for for the people to feel like around you to feel more comfortable saying it so they would have everyone repeat after the pastor and then they would have everyone stand and like clap and if you and if you have said this for the first time and you want to come and receive prayer come forward now and mm-hmm. so you've already like you already have this momentum there's already an applause that you're like kind of hiding you know the room is not silent the room is nope. loud they're celebrating there's all an applause for you and now you're cementing it yeah, with everyone that you know in that room seeing you do it, which be- then becomes like accountability. Right. Oh, accountability, convictions, all these things. <laughs> it's a little culty. You know what? I think you're right. <laughs> I'm really glad that we're not in that anymore. Yeah. I'm happy that you're not in it, in it anymore. Thank you. I'm happy that you're not in it anymore. Thank you. Now, if you've been listening to this and it's spoken to your heart, (laughs) raise your hand. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Come forward. (laughs) But maybe we do need to have like an altar call for getting out. I don't know. Oh, that's a deconversion altar call. Okay, Cal, that is actually a really sharp idea. Is that kind of hot? I feel like warm about it. <laughs> yeah, I, the, there's some power in that idea. We have a talk. What if we ever did a live recording? We could have a deconversion altar call. If you ever want to deconvert, come to the front. Yeah. I don't know. This seems a little loaded. It's a little loaded, but like I, I really like it. Because it's like, hey, if you have doubts about whatever it is you're in and you just want to feel on like just like love from people who are existing in this space right now like you know and if it was like pre-pandemic it'd be like like get a hug you know or whatever whatever you're comfortable with whatever you yeah need. but having them come to the front is that same group think that i know we but maybe the group about. think is like a part of the biology of the human mind and it should be used for good things and rather than evil things well maybe so maybe I so think that's about the group think is, a, is like is a part of us it's like it's so efficient and like I think everything that is inside of us has has a way and 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 this is a little bit why why I I think I still can't shake some kind of divinity out there is because I do feel like we were designed somehow or or at least that there is like so much that is inside of us that is still yet to be discovered that would that like feels like it's intentional but mm-hmm. I just I, I think that 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 these parts of us that have been used for evil were actually meant for good. Mm-hmm. And and that, you know, group mentality when it's on a good thing is a beautiful thing. Yeah, you know what? You made me think that I've been a part of some recovery communities and in those 
we will often go through time lengths of like how long you've abstained Mm -hmm. and everyone claps you raise your hand you say it and then everyone claps Mm -hmm. and what is that if not a tiny mini group think altar call yeah 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 so maybe maybe the takeaway is like i don't know applaud congratulate love on uh be near those who are recovering from traumatic christianity Mm-hmm. And you know who, the, those people who are in our lives and the people who are in your lives, listener, um, reach out and say, "I see you're changing and growing and loving yourself and finding freedom." And I just wanted to say, "Hey, I think you're pretty cool." Mm-hmm. And congratulations. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well said, Cal. We need each other. Yeah. Well. Any other thoughts, closing remarks? Um, I don't think so. I think, uh, yeah. I mean, aside from us mounting our drag version of Heaven's Gates and Hell's... Do you have to say mounting? <laughs> In fact, I do. <laughs> we now have a children's book and a, a drag show about Heaven and Hell. I really... Come. I've really, I'm in love with both of these things, truly. Okay, great. Well, <laughs> we've got to animate our children's book. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm saying it on the air so that it happens. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it will happen. Okay, great. Well, until next time, Cal. Until next time. I love you, Justy. I love you, too. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.